You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We should follow the Samaritan's lead. We should go ahead and wave goodbye to all those old attitudes and behaviors like anger and lust and lying and profanity and jealousy and pride. Goodbye, right? Goodbye. Adios. Sayonara, right? Arrivederci. Bon voyage. Ciao. Whatever. I'm done. Learn by example. Follow the good ones. Do you agree? The apostles landed in Samaria due to fear of losing their lives. This area was avoided by religious leaders of the day because of its sinful behavior. What happened was the result of a heart on fire for others to know the life-saving gift of Jesus. Joy unspeakable, lives forever changed, and a genuine happiness found only in the friendship of God. Be like the Samaritan people. Turn completely around and don't walk the path of your previous days. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 8 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Well, the apostles had saturated Jerusalem, the first name on the list. They had saturated Jerusalem with the message of Christ, but then they got But then they got comfortable. It happens. Comfortable. You know, people come to faith in Jesus. They're excited. They're enthused. They want to tell everyone what they've experienced. They want to tell their family, their friends, their co-workers. But then once their contacts have been covered, the sharing fades. No more urgency. No more risk. No more reaching out. Which results in no more progress. One old proverb says, the turtle only makes progress when he sticks his neck out. Well, the apostles had stopped sticking their neck out. They were there in Jerusalem, saturated the city with a message, but they stopped sticking their neck out So the movement wasn't moving. But then God made persecution work for good. Because to avoid persecution, a guy by the name of Philip went to this place. Everybody call it, say it out loud, what? Samaria. One of the names on the list. He goes to Samaria. In fact, let's read the the record. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preach Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed, and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So here's a persecution that arose. It's a bad thing. Or at least it seemed like a bad thing, causing people to scatter, and Philip goes to Samaria. Well, who's this guy, Philip? Well, we read about a guy named Stephen. He was not an apostle, 
He was maybe a B-possel or a C-possel, if you know what I mean. He wasn't one of the originals. Well, Philip was the same. They were both, they were both had a ministry that they were delivering, they had meals on wheels, delivering food and groceries to widows, Christian widows in Jerusalem. Well, we read that, you know, Saul had Stephen killed, and we read it at the top of our, of our reading. Saul had Stephen killed. Well, Philip takes off to Samaria because he thinks he's next on the list. I'm, I got, I'm probably next on the list. So he, Philip went to the one place he knew Saul, and the religious leaders wouldn't follow him. To Samaria. Can you say the name again? To what? Samaria. See, the religious leaders treated Samaria like malaria, if you know what I mean. The religious leaders treated Samaria like a deadly disease. See, Samaria was considered unclean to the religious leaders. Would you like a little bit of history? Okay, I'll give you the skinny version. During the Old Testament... Samaria, that area of Israel, Samaria, abandoned God and served idols. They decided, we're going to unplug from God, we don't believe anymore, and they started serving the idols of those around them. The, the Samarians did. They started serving idols. Now, because of their defiant rebellion, God sent them various prophets to call them back to Him. But they rebelled and refused. So God, without another course, decided to give them a little bit of pressure. He sent the Assyrians to invade northern Israel. So the Assyrians invaded northern Israel and they conquered northern Israel. And the Assyrians occupied the territory of Samaria. They murdered all of the men and they took the Sumerian women for themselves. And the children that were born from the Sumerian women and the Assyrians, well, they were called from then on half-breeds, right? Half-breed, that's all they ever heard. Half-breed, how they learn to hate the word. Remember Sherry used to sing that song? Well, they went through it. They experienced that. So the religious leaders quarantine the Samaritans, no longer called Samarians, uh, but called Samaritans because they're half Samarian and half Assyrian. So the religious leaders quarantine that particular county with extreme prejudice. In fact, religious leaders walking from north to south would always walk almost Two more days journey just to not walk through Samaria. I mean, they really quarantined it. They would walk two extra days just not to step in their county. The religious leaders treated the Samaritans with contempt. In fact, they would spit every time they heard the name Samaritans. Samaritans. Yuck. I feel dirty just saying it. That's how they felt. The only one who showed the Samaritans any love was Jesus. Wow. Jesus crossed the border into Samaria and shared God's love and forgiveness with them. 
In fact, in the Gospel of John is recorded a story. The story of the woman at the well. You remember the story. The woman at the well had been married five times and was currently shacking up with her lover. She was kind of like that cross-eyed girlfriend that I had in high school. I had to dump her because she always seemed to have her eye on someone else. But Jesus didn't condemn her. Jesus didn't dump her. He offered her forgiveness. Jesus proved that no one is beyond forgiveness. And regardless of the past or present sins, He will forgive and have fellowship with people. In fact, she went home after the encounter at the well. The woman at the well went back home to her village and told everybody, there's a man out there that has revealed everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? Come and see. The whole village came out. And they heard Jesus, and Jesus showed them love and forgiveness. They asked Jesus to stay with them three days. And Jesus hung with them. No one had ever showed them love except Jesus. So this is a quarantine area. Since Jesus, no one has been out there. Revival's been happening in Jerusalem. The message of Christ is booming, but no one has reached out to them. But now that the persecution has arisen, Philip, he hightailed it into Samaria because he figured, hey, the religious leaders aren't going to follow me there. And Philip might have tried to try to be on the down low. He might have tried to lay low in Samaria. But there's something about the good news of Jesus that just burns within us. We can't keep it on the down low. That message churns within us. We've experienced some life change. We've experienced peace and joy and and love. And it's hard to keep it down. In fact, Jeremiah said it like this in Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9. He said, God's Word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. Isn't that awesome, guys? I can't hold it in. So Philip goes out to Samaria to hide out, but that message of Christ is churning on the inside of him. So Philip begins sharing Jesus, and it ignited another revival there in Samaria. What had happened in Jerusalem began happening in Samaria. We read it. Multitudes began to respond to the message of salvation in Jesus. People were delivered and healed and transformed. And the verse closed by saying, the city was filled with great joy. Great joy. Dancing in the streets, right? They were filled with great joy. Listen, if the preaching that you're hearing only produces anxiety, guilt, shame, and condemnation, it's not the whole gospel. I'm going to say that again. If the preaching you're hearing only produces anxiety, guilt, shame, and condemnation, it's not the whole gospel. 
The results of the gospel should be great joy. Here are the verses. Psalm 16, verse 11. Here's what it says. You make known to me, O Lord, the path of life. In your presence there is, everybody, fullness of joy. See, if you run into some Christians, or you're one of those Christians that, you know, has a sour face all the time, a scowl, a henyo, you always seem mad, you always seem sick, you always seem something. You know what I'm saying? People are always asking you, what, what's wrong with you? Are, are you mad? If they're doing that, you're doing Christianity wrong. No way. Great joy. Look at Psalm 144, verse 15. Joyful indeed are those who God is the Lord. What are they? Joyful. I love it. Hey guys, the happiest place on earth shouldn't be Disneyland. It should be the church. Where forgiveness and redemption and adoption through Jesus is taught and experienced. This should be a joyous place. You should live your life full of joy because of what you've experienced. So one of the results of the gospel should be joy. Joy. It should be one of the results of, of the gospel message in your life. Great joy. But another result of the gospel should be this. Life change. Let's continue to read what happened. Great joy came to the city. But, everybody say... Great joys in the city, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was some great, someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when the Samaritans believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. So Philip goes on the down low, hiding out from persecution, but the message is boiling on the inside of him. He shares it. A revival breaks out in Samaria People are filled with great joy because that's one of the evidences of the Lord in your life. The next one is life change. The people in Samaria had previously subscribed to another gospel. They had followed the influence of another spirit. A sorcerer named Simon had them spellbound. But guys, the lure of sorcery, witchcraft, philosophy, or religion loses its luster in the face of the gospel truth. I'm going to say it again. The lure of sorcery, witchcraft, philosophy, and religion loses its luster in the face of gospel truth. Nothing can compare with spirit-filled preaching. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Wow, that's pretty cool. When the residents of Samaria 
heard the gospel of Jesus, not only did they get filled with great joy, but they said goodbye to all the old sinful influences and habits in their life. The Apostle Paul said that we, in our generation, should do the same. Look at your neighbor and say, do the same. In fact, here's the passage. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Throw it off. Everybody say what? Throw it off. And that's what the people in Samaria did. They heard the message of Jesus from Philip. They responded in belief. They were filled with joy. And the next thing is they wanted to say what? They wanted to throw off that old lifestyle, the old influences that were leading them down a dark and dangerous road. They decided they weren't going to do it anymore. We should follow the Samaritan's lead. We should go ahead and wave goodbye to all those old attitudes and behaviors like anger, and lust, and lying, and profanity, and jealousy, and pride. Goodbye, right? Goodbye, adios, sayonara, right? Arrivederci, bon voyage, ciao, whatever, I'm done. We can wave goodbye for good. I'm going to say it again. We can wave goodbye For good, because Jesus promised us this. In John chapter 8 and verse 36, here is the last verse. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And maybe you've pursued a lot of things to make you happy. Money, sex, power, a career. You've thrown all of your life into it, but you still seem dissatisfied. Well, that's because the Bible says we've been created with eternity in our heart. And nothing can fill that and satisfy that void except a relationship with God, a relationship with Christ. He's the only one. We can get happiness for a little bit, and happiness is that temporary state It's called happenstance. I'm happy because of the circumstance. But if the circumstance changes, I'm no longer happy. We can get happy, you know. We can be happy, but it doesn't last. What we really are looking for, what we really crave, is joy, is security, is peace. And the only one that can bring those things is Jesus Christ. He will bring great joy. And you will begin to, as you respond to Him, you will begin to see your desire for those other things, those other influences, those other things lose their luster. And you just want to shave them away. There comes even more peace and more joy. Because Jesus gets involved and He starts healing your marriage. He starts healing your relationships. He starts healing your 
bad attitude. And all of a sudden, there's a transformation that takes place. You're saying, that's what I want. That's what I have been pursuing. It's Jesus Christ and a relationship with Him. And that is easily, easily set in motion. All you have to do is what they did out in Samaria. They heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and they responded. They said, yes, I believe. And when they did, the transformation began. Ashes were turned into beauty and sorrow was turned into joy. That's what I want and I need in my life. Beautiful. This is the connection. This act of faith, I believe, makes it all happen. Out loud together, let's pray. Father, I know I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. I've run from you. I've ignored you. I've even fought you. But today, today I surrender. I believe. I repent for my sin. And I turn to you. Heal me. Cleanse me. Change me. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know that some people think, how could that prayer, how could that act of faith transform a life? Well, I'm not in charge of that part. But the Bible says that God's Word in concert with the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work from the inside out. It's a supernatural act of God. I promise that when you really believe, all of a sudden, a love starts on the inside. A love for Christ, where you thought you'd never say that. I love Jesus. That's kind of weird. But not only say it and mean it, and then here, it, it goes deeper and you start loving other people. Weird. And it starts filling you with joy. All of a sudden, you find yourself whistling. I never do that. Smiling. Thinking on something that is positive and not negative. A preacher can't do that. A church can't do that. Jesus Christ is the one that does that by the Spirit of God. So if you believed, look for it. You'll see the transformation. As we cling to the simple We're so glad that you joined us today for The Simple Truth, a ministry of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Pastor Dion Cordova has been sharing from the Book of Acts, a book that gives us an insider's peek into the first 30 years of the church. From persecution to miracles, this book truly has it all. 
What an inspiring narrative, watching how disciples like Peter go from denying Jesus to losing his life for Jesus. Luke, the writer of Acts, gives us a perspective that emphasizes life change. He writes, And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. Jesus didn't just come to change the system. He came to change people. If what you heard today has impacted you, we would love to hear about it and pray for you too. You're more than welcome to give us a call at 505-753-4363. Again, 505-753-4363. We'd like to encourage you to get involved in a local church as well. This will be a place that you can ask questions, learn more about Jesus, and find support as you grow in your faith. Are you in the Española area? If so, we would love for you to come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. We meet on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. You can find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. That's tmcalvary.com. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to thank you for tuning in. We hope you'll join us again next time for more from the book of Acts right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.